Unstoppable Success Radio, Episode 18. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, helping entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners around the world skyrocket their sales and multiply their profits. Now, here's your host, Kelly Roach. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am so excited to have Dory Clark here with me as our very special guest today. Dory is an adjunct professor of business administration at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. She's the author of Reinventing You and Stand Out, which was named the number one leadership book of 2015 by Inc. Magazine. She's a former presidential campaign spokeswoman. She's a frequent contributor to the Harvard Business Review, Time, and Entrepreneur. She's recognized as a branding expert by the Associated Press, Inc., and Fortune. Clark is a marketing strategy consultant and speaker for some of the world's most renowned brands, including Google, Microsoft, Yale University, Fidelity, and the World Bank. That's like the who's who of who anybody would want to be working with, right? You can download her free 42-page standout self-assessment workbook and learn more about her at DoryClark.com. Dory, super pumped to have you here today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Hey, thank you so much. Great to talk with you, Kelly. Absolutely. So, Dory, let's dig right in. You know, you're in the space of branding, helping people stand out, market themselves effectively. And I just know there has to be a backstory to why you chose that space, you know, what your frustration was or what, you know, you saw out there that was such a need that really made you double down and, and determine this is where you needed to make an impact for people. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. I I actually had a lot of twists and turns in my uh, in my professional career, and I started as a as a journalist, and then got laid off, and then I worked on uh, a number of political campaigns, including uh, being a spokesperson for a presidential campaign. And my candidates always lost, and uh, <laughs> and then I ran a nonprofit for a couple of years. And while I was running the nonprofit, I realized a couple of things. One was that all of the work that I had done uh, up to that point was really focused around the question of how do you tell your story, whether mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, telling a story as a journalist or, you know, t- when I was running the nonprofit, we needed to let people know about our cause or, you know, working for the candidate. Um, how do you tell your story in a noisy and crowded media environment? Uh, and so that was one thing that I realized. And the second thing that I realized was that running a nonprofit is really great training for running your own business. It's basically yeah. the same thing. You, you still have to be profitable, even if you're quote unquote a nonprofit. And I thought, you know what, I should do this for myself. And so 10 years ago now, I launched my own consulting business. I love it. And I want to stay right there for a minute, Dory. And and before we even move on to any other topics today, give our listeners, you know, a few tips on things that you always tell each and every client are like the must if they really want to stand out in this market today. Because we all know, you know, the incredibly beautiful thing about the internet is that there's no barrier to entry. Anybody can get out there and compete with anyone, no matter how big or small you are. But at the same time, there's no barrier to entry. So of course, the space is getting more crowded. What are some of your best tips for people on how they can stand out? 
Yeah, you put you put your finger on it, Kelly. It is a little bit of a paradox. I mean, it's a great thing that there are no longer gatekeepers in in New York or elsewhere that are saying, "Well, you know, you, your your idea isn't really worthy of a book." Right. I mean, you know, now you can you can write your book, you can make your videos, you can have your radio show, and that that is fantastic. Um, but with all the competition, um, at a certain point to the consumer, uh, it begins to sort of sound like noise. And so, you know, fundamentally, the topic of my book is, well, okay, in the midst of that, how do you stand out? And so there's uh, there's a few things. I mean, fundamentally, I, I think that the, the most important is the willingness to actually share your ideas publicly. I think that mm-hmm. for a lot of small business owners especially, um, and you know, I, I was certainly in this camp for the first few years of, of my business, um, there is such a, a, a desire, understandably, to just you know, go get clients and, and try to you know, fill up your book of business that you feel like certain marketing efforts are extraneous or mm-hmm. uh, that, that you, oh, well, I don't have time for that. I need to be, you know, hunting, hunting clients. Uh, but the truth is the sales process, hunting clients is, is essential, but you can't just play the short game. If you keep playing the short game forever, you hit a plateau. Mm -hmm. Marketing is about the long game and it's about building a brand and a reputation that draws people to you. And you do that by starting over time. It doesn't have to be, you know, a ton, but, but you've got to do it consistently over time to do things like create content that, ex- that uh, really shows your expertise and demonstrates it so that people can see with their own eyes and say, oh, well, you know, she actually knows what she's talking about. I, you know, I may not have a need for it right now, but, uh, but you know, the next time I need a website redesign or the next time I need a marketing consultant, I'm definitely calling her. Her, and that's what gets you business two years and five years from now. Oh, I couldn't agree more. So perfectly said, Dory. And, you know, one of the things that I tell my clients every single day is that sales and marketing are meant to be a marriage. They're two sides of the same coin and they belong together and they should be unified at all times, meaning that there are two two tracks that run parallel to one another in the business and never at any time should the train stop running on either one of those tracks because you need money coming in in order to essentially be in business, which means you need clients closing all the time. You need that sales process, that high impact, you know, focus that's going to convert people. But marketing is what builds the brand and the platform, the community, the followers and allows you to scale, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You you definitely need both. And the the great news is that um, for for a lot of people, I mean, I would imagine probably um, probably for most. If, if you're choosing, I mean, you need them both, but um, if you're choosing between them, sales, because it is, uh, you know, it sort of has this reputation of, you know, being this pushy thing where, you know, you have to like specifically be asking people, you know, for the business and things like that. As a business owner, you need to learn how to do that. But that's the part that people usually are, are less comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, the great news is that if you invest in your marketing over time, if you uh, take the steps now to draw people to you, that actually means over time that you have to do less and less sales because the marketing will will draw people to you so much that your sales process is basically you know a number of years down the road going to look like 
people coming to you and saying, hey, I want to work with you, and you saying, oh, well, it's $20,000, and they'll say, okay, great, here's my money, and that's your sales process. Yes, exactly, exactly, and, you know, I I tell people all the time, you know, with the tools that we all have available and accessible to us now, it, it gives anyone, anywhere, the opportunity to build a platform and to create that reverse sales cycle where people are coming to you. I mean, for me, it's been the podcast and the videos, you know, a year ago, I started doing videos. And and that, you know, really helped with that process. And there's so many free tools that people can use now. They can write a book. They can start a podcast. They can be a podcast guest. They can get free PR. um, They can create marketing videos. I mean, there's so many tools that are accessible to everyone that everyone can be building that platform so that exactly what you said, Dory, over time, you can reverse that cycle and have people coming to you versus you going to them. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to dig in, you know, you work with, you know, essentially the most highly esteemed universities and brands in the world. And not only have you been able to get, you know, the the best potential clients in your consulting business, but they obviously see that you have built a personal brand that they respect and value so much that they actually think that although they're a world-class brand, that you you have the ability to even take them to the next level. So of anyone that I've had on the show, I I think you are the ideal person to really convey to entrepreneurs what it means to build a world-class brand around themselves as the entrepreneur, themselves as their personal brand in order to build a sustainable and profitable business. What are some of the things that you feel like you've done really, really well that has positioned you that way, Dory? And some of the things that you recommend, you know, that your clients and the people that you consult with do as well? Well, I, I think that one thing that's really important is when it comes to your ideas, to not have a scarcity mentality. And what I mean by that is that, um, you know, sometimes I'll do executive coaching for entrepreneurs and uh, people who are looking to try to build out their their own brands and get better known. And I hear things like, um, well, I would put the video of my speech online, but what if people steal my ideas? Mm-hmm. Or what if you know, there's a video of me giving this talk and then the client says, well, why should we hire you to give this talk? Because we can just watch it online. Yep. And the the truth is, it really doesn't work that way. No. I mean, maybe it worked that way at one time, but it certainly doesn't work that way now. What what people want is, uh, is, is a couple of things. One is they want as much certainty as possible because if they are spending a lot of money working with you. And, you know, that could be, um, you know, I mean, right. There's not a lot of risk if you buy a pack of gum and you hate it. Fine. Okay. You, you spent a dollar, no big deal. But if somebody is buying, uh, professional services of some kind from you or something where they have to really think about that financial decision, it feels risky. Mm -hmm. And so anything you can do to make it less risky is really important. If they're hiring you to give a speech and they're paying you for that, and this is, you know, their big annual meeting or something like that, they really want to know in advance that you can do a good job carrying an hour long speech. And so it is massively reassuring for them to be able to see it online. Um, You know, my favorite 
and, and the second thing that they really want is it is reassuring from the perspective of social proof, which is a phenomenon that is discussed in psychology, which basically says that as humans, we often look to other people to determine our, uh, our views and how we evaluate um, certain things. Absolutely. Um, and, and so – my favorite example of this is TED, which, you know, by this point, everybody, you know, knows about the TED conference. They know about TED Talks. And so by the old logic, why on earth would people pay $10,000 for a ticket to, to go to this conference in British Columbia, which is hard to get to, if you just wait like a month and all of the videos are available online and everybody right. can watch them for free, right. why would you do that? And yet people are clamoring. They have to apply for tickets. They get sold out every year to go to TED. And it's because um, TED has created such a brand for itself. It, right. The brand has only expanded now that everybody's heard of it. You know that if you say, oh, well, I'm going to be at TED, people are going to be impressed. And so people are very glad to pay $10,000 to go to it. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad that you brought up mindset as you were starting that that conversation. You know, I, I a lot of the episodes we talk about gratitude, we talk about mindset, we talk about, um, you know, your mentality and how, you know, giving first is really how you can, you know, eventually see that reciprocation. And it may be direct or it may be indirect. But I absolutely think for anyone that's looking to take their business to the next level, whether you're the CEO of an organization that wants more out of your employees, you have to focus on giving first, which means you invest in working as hard to make them successful as you expect them to work hard on the behalf of, of growing your organization. Or if you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, you work on giving more of yourself, making more of an impact for people before you ask them to invest in you. And then you will see that reciprocation. And, and I'll even take it a step further. And I think you would probably agree, Dory, the extent to which you give without receiving is is directly tied to the the pace and the scale with which your business will grow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's important it's important to think about investments mm -hmm. that you're making mm -hmm. and you know the definition uh you know I mean what what sets smart investors aside from you know frankly stupid investors mm -hmm. is a willingness to to understand that a long-term time horizon is reasonable and appropriate yes. Warren Buffett buys things that he says he literally never wants to sell them if if they're a great company he'd like to keep it forever because he knows that the money will keep compounding and then you compare that to people who uh, you know are, are answering ads on the you know on spam messages on the internet saying, oh, you know, double your money in right. 48 hours. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, that's going to end well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, no. And, you know, I, I think you're bringing up a really good topic there. And I do want to pause for one second and talk about that. You know, I think one of the hardest things for small business owners and entrepreneurs is making good strategic long term investments in their business, especially when they're just getting started. You know, I, I talk about it a lot on this show. You know, the people that build uh, sustainable, profitable businesses that are going to stand the test of time and make it 
so to speak. I mean, we know eight out of 10 businesses don't, are the people that are strategic. They're looking at the long range and they're making smart investments. Not necessarily are all of those investments going to bring you a 30-day return. I have people ask me all the time. I have clients come back to me and say, if I invest in X, Y, and Z, you know, how many months is it going to take me to be profitable? Or when am I going to get that return on investment? And, And I say to them a lot of times, you have to understand that your business is a constant, you're constantly investing. And your job is to make sure you get a return on investment. Like nothing is guaranteed. You, the business owner, determine if you get a return on investment based upon how effectively you utilize and work the investments that you make. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think that, um, that, that some things that actually can be the most valuable are very difficult to measure, yes. um, but but nonetheless have uh, have some profound impacts. I mean, so I started my business in 2006, and a couple of years after that, in 2008, I went for the first time to uh, to this conference, which um, was you know, kind of kind of a high end networking sort of conference, and it cost. Uh, you know, all, all told, you know, between the admission and the the food and the hotel and the airfare and things like that, probably on the order of twenty five hundred dollars, three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you know, it was a lot of money for me at the time. But I knew that one of the problems that I had in my business was that I didn't know what I will put in quotes as the the right type of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I knew lots of great people, right. but they were not the right type of people to be buyers for my business. And I, you know, some people, when they start their, their uh, you know, consulting enterprises or their small business or whatever, um, they are coming from a position where, great, you know, maybe they are becoming an independent consultant, but they've worked at a large consulting firm for 25 years. So they know lots of people. They know lots of buyers. They, you know, oh, yes, the CEO of XYZ was my college roommate. Right. Well, Okay, great. You can you can walk in and you can probably have a pretty steady stream of business based on your relationships. I did not have that. I knew a lot of people who worked in politics who didn't have money. I knew a lot of people who worked in journalism who didn't have money. I right. knew a lot of people who worked in nonprofits <laughs> who didn't have money. That was yeah. not super helpful. Um, right. So I started I started going to these conferences because I knew I needed to put myself in a different environment. And, uh, and I really loved them. I really thought they were great. And, you know, in terms of, you know, business that I can directly trace to it, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I did actually meet somebody who hired me and I got, I got a few uh, different consulting cl- uh, contracts with her. And so it actually, you know, it, it, it evened out. I mean, I, I would go every year to this conference. And so I would say that probably, um, I mean, they were not large contracts, but it probably paid for, you know, maybe four or five of my, uh, of my, of my trips. So, sure. so, you know, so that was good. So it, you know, it netted, it netted out. I probably made a little, you know, a little bit of a profit off of it, but basically what has happened to me in the intervening eight years is that my circle of friends has changed dramatically. I've met 
you know, the most fascinating people that I know, um, many of the people that I profiled in my books, Reinventing You and Stand Out, were actually people that I met at this conference. Uh, it just sort of expanded my mind to the, the possibilities out there. And so I would make that investment, you know, a hundred times over because I, I think that it, even even though you can't necessarily say, oh, well, I met this person and I got this gig from it and I made this amount of money, um, the overall impact and transformation has been has been really important to me. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And I know a lot of people have, have shared that that has been very transformational for them. And I think it, it's even, it's it's beyond it being an individual person, when you put yourself in the stream of consciousness with other people that are going in a certain direction at a certain speed, have a set of values, have a, a, a level of professionalism and, and success, you will raise your standard to keep up with those people. And I think that is one of the key mindsets and key things that every entrepreneur has to do is ask themselves, you know, am I putting myself in a space where I'm surrounded with people that are going further and doing more than me that are pulling me forward that I'm looking up to and learning from? Or am I surrounded with kind of the same old, same old where there's not really much going on? There's not a lot to to aspire to or to reach towards. It's hard to just stay in that stagnant place yet reinvent yourself and and take your business and your life to the next level, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I want to ask you a little bit about these books. So, you know, reinventing you and stand out. I mean, obviously you already had this wildly successful career. You had done so much, but I I have to think from reading about you and and watching your career and seeing everything that you're doing, that these books have, have had a transformational impact on your life. I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, biggest lessons learned, how they've changed your life, what opportunities you've uncovered and, you know, any, any feedback or, or, you know, tips that you have for the people listening. The the books have been really helpful to to me in my business for sure. Um, I think p- part of the reason is, of course, that there is still a, a certain degree of credibility that attaches to having written a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just societally, we're sort of trained like, oh, if they if they wrote you know two hundred or two hundred fifty pages about this, they must actually know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's great because you do you do get the benefit of the doubt uh, with it. I think people take you more seriously. Certainly from the perspective of speaking engagements, um, organizers are much likely to want to book you for a talk if they see that you've, uh, that you've written a book and, you know, therefore have that treasure trove of material right. that you can draw from. Um, I think that another reason that Reinventing You and Stand Out have been important for me is that I really made a point of going all in on the marketing of them. I, I figured that, you know, during the release period, you know, which I'll define as a little bit before the books came out up to about six months after uh, the books were released, you know, that's like the magic window when you really have the opportunity to, uh, to go to the, the media, you know, anybody that's, um, that's listening or paying attention, podcasters, bloggers, whoever, and say, Hey, I have this new book. Would you, you know, would you like to do an interview? Would you like to, you know, get a review copy? Would you like to talk about it? And, uh, and oftentimes the, the people were willing to say yes. And so I, I, you know, again, speaking of long-term versus short-term during those periods of time, you know, launch period, I was not 
uh, beating the bushes trying to get consulting work. I mean, exactly. I, you know, I, I kept it's, up, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I kept up doing what I, you know, what I was doing. I mean, I didn't, um, you know, stop servicing my clients, but I was not focused on that. I, I really made it my almost exclusive focus, uh, trying to get publicity around the yes. book because I knew that would redound to my benefit in every other area of my business. Yes. Yes. I think that is so powerful. And, and I'm really glad that you shared that because I think that's, that's the opportunity, you know, I, I think with writing a book is building your platform, building your community, um, really branding you, you know, and, and creating followers. And I, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that because, you know, some of the comments I know you've made and in, in your, your website and, and with your work is, you know, working hard is not enough anymore. You know, you have to inspire people to listen, to take action and to ultimately become a community of followers. So talk to us a little bit about the magic behind that and some things that entrepreneurs and small business owners can do to make that transformation from maybe just working hard day to day to crossing the bridge and ultimately building that community of followers because that's where the scale comes from. You know, I love what you said that you were, you weren't focused on getting those next three or five big consulting contracts. You're, you're focused on the big picture opportunity of putting yourself on the world stage, which obviously you were successful at doing. Thank you. Yeah. So as I describe in my latest book, Standout, what I discovered in the course of interviewing more than 50 top experts in a variety of different fields is that fundamentally when it comes to spreading the word about your ideas, building a following around your ideas, there is a three-step process that almost everybody follows. And that is um, first, you have to build your network, then you build your audience, and finally you build your community. And to break it down, what that, what that really means, building your network is the first step. And that is getting around you a small group of trusted people who can serve as your kind of kitchen cabinet and advisors. And the reason this is important is that they are uh, kind of an early vetting system for you. They're the ones that can tell you honestly. And, and because you trust them, you, you can actually really hear it. Um, they can tell you, this idea is great. You should really pursue it. Or, eh, you know, this one isn't so much, you know, maybe maybe you should table it for now. And, you know, get help, support, ideas to make your ideas better and to help them get, get a little bit of early support and liftoff. So the network, the close-in network of people who know you is really essential. Then you have to transition once you've figured out, you know, what, you know, what your message or idea is, you need to transition to talking to people that don't already know you. And that's where building your audience comes in. And thankfully, this is the place now where we have a lot more options than we ever did. This is, you know, podcasting like you are, or blogging, or giving speeches, or getting active on, on some of the various social channels. Um, but it's just finding ways to share your ideas publicly, tell your story so that people who don't already know you can discover you and mm-hmm. say, oh, wow, I love that idea. Yeah, I want to see more about what Kelly Roach is doing. And that's how you start to get momentum around an audience. And then finally, the final step is where you begin to, to cross over. It's like the, the dominoes tipping. Um into building your community. And what this looks like is that once you begin to have an audience, you know, people that you're communicating with who start to get excited about your ideas, 
then there's a certain point where they start talking to other people. And Mm. now it's no longer just you talking about stuff. They become your ambassadors. They become your evangelists. And they start spreading your ideas. And you begin to get a community that is based around and excited about what you're talking about. And that's how you can really gain scale and momentum. Awesome. That was so clear and so perfect and such an easy step-by-step process for people to follow. Um, You know, not that it's easy to just do that overnight. It takes time and and work, but absolutely it's something that anyone can do if they're committed to the long term of their business and and really want to see this through um, to become, you know, a a standout brand. So that was was excellent. Thank you so much. so, you know, what do you see as some of the biggest pitfalls um, for, you know, businesses today in terms of what they're, they're doing or attempting to do in, in building their businesses? What are some of the, the struggles or, or things that you would recommend that people steer clear of? Well, I think I think that um, certainly for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and, uh, and, and business owners, there is sometimes – a, a, a level, I'll call it, of panic around uh, social media platforms mm-hmm. because we all know that uh, that it's important in a general sense. But because there are so many possibilities and it seems like every day new ones are coming up, um, it becomes really hard to know where you should be spending your time, what is a worthwhile investment, and uh, you know, how do you make sure that you're communicating effectively with your audience but not being left behind? And so I think that, that one of the big problems is that people too often go to one of two polar extremes. One is they say, I can't deal with this. This is too much. This is ridiculous. And so they hardly do anything. I mean, maybe they have, mm-hmm. you know, the, the abandoned Facebook page that they put something on once a quarter, which is doing, you know, less than no good. Mm-hmm. Um, or they try to do everything, but, you know, you can't. And so that they're doing everything in sort of this, you know, this kind of half-cocked way. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I talk about it a lot, you know, and, and I think it's it's about picking a few things and going very long and very deep with them versus picking a hundred things and, and not monetizing and making any of them successful. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, people think that more is typically the answer when a lot of times it's actually less, but more of what you're already doing in a more strategic, in a deeper, more meaningful way. And anyone can be successful on any platform if they commit to it and if they constantly work at it. But I, I, I totally agree with you. I think getting trapped in either one of those extremes really, you know, locks you out of one of the best opportunities today, which is social media. If you can, you know, be selective, be focused, commit and follow through. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think that another mistake that that people make um, when it comes to social media, I mean, of course, you know, play in the space, be involved in it. You know, I certainly am. I do a lot with Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, That's great. But I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Mm -hmm. I mean, for a while, there was a little bit of a trend where people were saying, oh, well, why do I even need a homepage? I can just, uh, I could just do everything on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's like, really? You want to leave your entire future to Mark Zuckerberg? Okay. Yeah. 
it's it's dangerous because they're a publicly traded company that needs to monetize. And someday we just don't know. Maybe the way that they monetize is they say, "Oh, business, hey business, you want you want a Facebook page? Well, now you need to pay us, you know, a thousand dollars a year or ten thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. You know, they they can kind of do what they want because it's their business. Um, so having your own resources, having your own really good website is really important. Having your own email list is incri- critically important in terms of communicating directly with your own uh, customers. And so for me, actually, one of my big goals for 2015, which which fortunately I was able to really max out on, was I wanted to double the size of my email list over that time. And so I... Um, you know, you were alluding to it uh, at, the, at the top of uh, of the conversation, but I created this uh, this free forty two page workbook that's adapted from Standout to help people you know walk through the process of developing their own breakthrough ideas, and so anybody can get it for free. Uh, and in doing so, they you know they're signing up for my email list, and it became so popular. People really want. Wanted it. I was able over the course of 2015 to double my email list, more than double, from a little less than 10,000 to now more than 25,000, and that's been enormously powerful because you want to you know, give people good value and something they're they're really interested in, but you want to make sure that you have a way of staying in touch with them, yes. and so so being able to to do that is is really powerful. So if any if any of your listeners are interested, they can get it on my website, which is Dory. Clark.com. It's D-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-R-K.com. And you can see what my giveaway looks like. It's it's something that didn't take a lot of time. It was uh, it was nicely graphically designed uh, and it and is really, I think, helpful because it's a workbook where people can actually write their answers in, but it's it's taking questions and content from my book, which I had already written. Um, so you know, whatever uh, you know, so-called lead magnet or giveaway you pretty doesn't have to be something that takes you a hundred hours, but it just has to be really useful. Mm-hmm. And and I always say, you know, what I what I teach my my clients is it should be one of the best things that you can offer to them. It should be one of the most powerful things that you can offer to them. So, I mean, obviously, you know that if you help someone to create their standout idea, that they are going to have this attachment to you because it's like, wow, once they get clear on that, and once they follow the steps that you've created in this workbook you know, they're they're going to want to reinvest in Dory Clark because you are, you know, essentially making a huge impact on their life by this work that you're guiding them through. So, um, no, that's phenomenal. So I just want to remind everybody again, that is DoryClark.com. Go there now and you can get a copy of Dory's awesome workbook. And we will also include that in the show notes. We'll have a link there and when we email this out to the list as well. And I do want to touch back on Dory's comment there before we wrap up on your list. You know, the whole reason for being on social media and doing social media advertising and platform building on social media is to pull people off of social media onto a platform that you you own that you have control of. And um, to take it even a step further, you know, when investors value a business, one of the most important things that they're looking at is your customer list, the relationships that you have in place, the businesses that already know, like, and trust you. And so the number one thing that you should be thinking about every single day is what are you doing to not only build your own powerful monetized list, but how are you engaging those people on your list? And what are you doing to add value to their business, to their lives um, in the the best, most powerful way possible so that they are going to continue to want to reinvest with you and and share you with others. 
So Dory, any final um, tips or closeout comments that you want to share with our audience before we wrap up here today? Well, I think that uh, that one one tip that I will share from Stand Out, which is is one of the things that's really stayed with me um, after uh, you know I did many many interviews uh, talking with people, but but one of my favorite quotes was from David Allen, the uh, the, the famed productivity guru behind getting things done, and. You know, of course, one of the topics that I cover and stand out in addition to how do you build a following around your ideas is how do you come up with great ideas to begin with? And one of the things he said really resonated, which is it doesn't take a lot of time to develop a great idea. It takes space. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that we are really lacking so often in our society today. And especially if you're a business owner, you are probably booked to the wall. You probably have a zillion meetings a yeah. day, client calls, emails you have to respond to. And even if you technically have time free on your calendar, if your mind is elsewhere, if it's racing, if it's thinking about all the obligations you have that you haven't done yet, you're not going to be in the space to be creative enough. And so we need to find ways to to really protect our time, to coordinate off and to create blocks where we have the space to to have those ideas, to be more creative. And when we can do that, we can really uh, take a big step forward in terms of being more successful at creating the kind of breakthrough ideas that can make a long-term dis- difference for our businesses. Perfectly said and such a powerful note to end on. Thank you so much, Dory. You have been an incredibly generous guest today with everything that you've shared. I know this made a huge difference for people, so thank you. Thanks so much, Kelly. Great to talk with you. You got it. Thank you so much, everyone, for being with me for this episode of Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you enjoyed the show today, I would be so grateful if you would share this podcast with someone that you feel can benefit from the content we share here. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one more thing before you go, grab that phone. I know you're using it to listen to this episode as we speak. I want you to know that if you are looking to build a profitable online business, I want you to text the word profit class to 44222. That's profit class to 44222 to get onto the short list for my new absolutely free training to help you jumpstart and get going and growing with your freedom-based business. So use that phone you have in your hand, pause this episode and shoot me a quick text 44222. Just send the word profit class. We'll get you on the short list and start sending you some great resources to help you make 2016 your best year in business. Thanks so much for everyone for being with us today. And until next time, dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thank you for joining this episode of Unstoppable Success Radio. To get exclusive access to Kelly's free video and audio trainings to explode your business growth, simply visit kellyroachcoaching.com and join her email community for resources she only shares there. If you love today's episode of Unstoppable Success Radio, pass it along to a friend, colleague, or client that may benefit from the content. Until next time, dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen.